Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm not reliant on a television show or something to make sure that I get paid. I have a skill that I can do, like I can do stand-up no matter what. Hello, this is Christoph Triumph. You're listening to Varvet International. I'm so happy to once again deliver one of my interviews from Los Angeles. Some weeks ago, I went to see stand-up comedian Ron Funches at the Improv in Hollywood. He was really funny, and I bragged to my company about having him as my guest in the podcast. But in the car on the way back home, I couldn't find the episode anywhere. Was it all just a dream? Because in fact, I've made that mistake earlier. Some time ago, I saw a Patton Oswalt in a store in Hollywood, and I was just about to thank him for last time when I interviewed him, that is. But before I got around to talk to him, I ran through the episodes in my phone, and I realized I never did meet him. Anyway, back home in Sweden, I found the tapes, the recording of the Ron Funches interview. It wasn't a dream after all. It existed and it was done in 2015 when President Obama was still in office. Sweet times. Here it is. Super delayed, yet entertaining, I hope. So let's just roll the tape, shall we? Comedian Ron Funches. I'm so happy that we could make this happen, and I'm sorry for being sort of late. <laughs> no, not at all. What what kind of name is Funches? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't know where it comes from. Um, I know a few people who have it besides me. Yeah? Yeah. I like it. It's, it's a fun name. Yeah, it is. It's, it it's, sounds like munchies in a way. Yeah. And sounds like a fun snack. Exactly. I saw you a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. not far away from here on Largo, with uh, Sarah Silverman and friends. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, I fell in love with you instantly. You have a pace of your own and a very, very nice tone of voice and Thank comedic you. voice as well. I guess you hear that all the time, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, a few times. It's what people like about me. It's, it's what I have. I'm not a high-energy guy. No, no, you no but, but you're funny. Thank you. That's the most important thing. I think so. I just try to write fun jokes and then write the things that I like and talk about the things I enjoy. When it comes to sort of your tone of voice, did anyone inspire you to go about comedy like that? Or, Um, No, I mean, it's kind of just in, I mean, the way I am. And um, I've never been that loud of a person or that just really that energetic voice. So it's, it's just kind of based off of who I am. And I, I saw some comedians that helped reinforce that I could do that. Because at first I didn't really see any comedians that had that type of tone. 
but there's uh, people I really like, like Tign- Tignataro. And um, um, when I was growing up, I really loved Mitch Hedberg a lot. Mm. And they always had their own pattern and their own uh, slower tone. And I was like, oh, if they can, if they can do it, I can probably do it. Yeah. I've been dwelling on a quote from Mitch Hedberg a couple of days now. So it's funny that you bring him up. But it's that I used to do drugs bit. I used to do drugs. I still do. But I used to too. <laughs> uh, I was thinking if I maybe I could do a cover of it because I used to do drugs, but I don't anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure. What... Yeah, that's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, well, n- never mind. Uh, so... <laughs> but how are you today? I'm doing really good. I'm yeah. happy, feeling good, happy to be home. Just got back from San Francisco. So uh, I'm feeling really good. Yeah. How long have you been living in LA? Uh, just had three year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. I just came off the uh, "You Made It Weird" podcast with you, and that was recorded in 2012. It sounded like you were in divorce. And yeah. Was, are you in a happy place now? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. I have a nice girlfriend that I really like. Um, have my own place with my son, and um, have a nice. Uh, custody with him and stuff so it's been um i'm feeling a lot better a lot less stressed out than i was during that time yeah so um things are feeling really good right now i mean it was really touching because you were so open about because it was really new yeah i mean that was when i first moved to los angeles that's probably the first week that i was there uh-huh, so okay. it was very scary for me yeah. um, I didn't have any jobs i didn't have any real money at all and i didn't really know where i was gonna live so it was a very stressful time, uh, but luckily I had a lot of friends and a lot of a lot of opportunities came up, and um, now I'm doing pretty well. I guess you are, yeah. Yeah, I try to sort of meditate on mm-hmm. my guests, mm-hmm. or not physically on them, but thinking about. Well, that's them. okay if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was thinking about because I have a booker, and she wrote, "What's wrong to promote?" He's he is gonna plug undateable. And I was thinking about the multi-camera thing. Mm-hmm. Why is that good? With our show, it's really about, it, it, it's more like a play where it's like a, a live, where, I mean, and that's what we're doing now. The new season is all live. So it's just, uh, you know, recorded and aired as we shoot it. So when you're doing the single cam, you do a lot of uh, takes over and over to get this side and then the other side. And with the multicam, you usually do just one to two takes, trying to capture it all as you go. And I think it's just works well with the stand-ups that we have that are more live performance-based instead of being traditional actors. Mm. Um, I think that's what I like about it. And I think it's kind of just of a classic feel. It's classic uh, Lucy or Cheers vibe where you're like, there's just something about having a three-camera shot where you're like, Oh, this is relaxing to me. Like this is like like Thanksgiving where I'm just sitting home and relaxing. I guess that doesn't work for you because you're Swedish. But well, I, yeah, <laughs> but I understand the reference though. I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> Although we we don't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. Is that a Christian thing or mm. yeah, we don't really like God back home. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in God? I believe in a lot of things. I believe in a lot of different... I believe in a God, yeah, but not necessarily in a traditional 
not like a traditional Christian sense or anything of that nature. Yeah. It's more, I like to, I believe a lot of things. I believe in uh, reincarnation. I like to do a lot of uh, tarot. I believe in a lot of different things. Sorry, you do what? The tarot cards. Uh huh. Okay. All yeah. right. Do you do that yourself? I have, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've gone and had readings, yeah. All right. That's fantastic. Yeah. I like it. Why? <laughs> I just think it helps reinforces or if I have some questions that are going on, it, it kind of clears things up for me. It's helpful. No. Do you have a church? Um, no, not here. Not currently. Did you used to go to church yeah. growing up? Yeah, a lot. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Catholic school. Catholic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you come from Chicago. Yeah. What do I need to know about how you grew up? <laughs> uh, I mean, Chicago, it was just kind of a rough city. There's a lot of, you know, even though now there's a lot of gangs, a lot of shootings, things of that nature. And that was never my thing. I'm not in, not in the shooting or gangs. Um, so it was kind of like a, a clash. I don't know. Just never felt like I belonged there. So it was uh, just a little rougher than I was I was into. Do you have like a middle class background or? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like uh, my mom was a social worker. She, um, you know, so she would work in the projects and stuff. And uh, and we lived in like a little house that was pretty much just right outside of the project. So like, very, very squarely middle class. So uh, and then, yeah, my mom sent us to a, a private Catholic school. And uh, that was pretty much it until I moved to I moved to Oregon when I was a teenager and lived and started comedy in Portland, Oregon. Did you grow up without your father? Um, for half of my time, yeah. Um, okay. He got back in contact when I was like twelve. All right, thirteen. Okay. Who would you say that you were in school? Um, just really shy, just really kind of uh under the rug, just kind of not really. Kind of floating along, never a jock, never, but not even really like a class clown or anything. Just kind of making fun of people on my own and kind of just relaxed and shy. Maybe, you know, towards the end was a stoner, probably, mm-hmm. but but always just kind of shy and relaxed. I always I could read. I love to read. Okay. So, but I was reading different different books, different Shakespeare, different uh, Moliere, okay. stuff like that. You were into that? Yeah, I mean, it's... Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I've always been into that type of reading, but I've always been more into like existentialism and um, just anything that m- kind of questioned existence I was mm. into. Where did you get that from? That I don't interest? know. This, um, I think my mom just always raised me to question things, and um, she was always big into reading. My family was always big into education, a lot of doctors, a lot of uh, doctors and lawyers, things like that. You dropped out of school, right? Out of college, yeah. I mean, I went, I went, I made it through high school. But okay, I dropped out of college. What did you try to study? Um, I didn't know. That's why I left. Oh, okay, I, there was nothing I was interested in. I was only really interested in comedy, and I didn't think you could really get a job in it. So I kind of just floated around. Then I got a job at a grocery store, and then I got a job at a bank. Yeah, because I sort of asked someone else about this, and we have a Swedish expression. Or a word, academy complex, where you feel that you lack knowledge from not studying, sort of. Mm-hmm. Are there stuff that you are not good with because you dropped out of school or something? 
Um, I don't th- think so. I don't think there's anything that I am particularly missed out on, uh, except for maybe like shared college experiences of being like, I know about uh, meal plans or things like that. I don't know anything about that. I, I just... But other than that, I mean, I've always been well read and um, I've never had a problem with math or anything of that nature. So I feel like I didn't really miss out on anything. I don't really know that many college people where I'm like, oh, you know way more than me. It's just more like, uh, you know, if you have a passion for something and and you want to know something about in that field, that college can help you. And then I feel like that's 100 percent what you should go for. But for me. Um, I was just in the comedy, and it wasn't gonna be a good thing. That was gonna I, there was nothing positive about going to college for me. I never even applied to college. I think, but what I feel that I lack the most is just reading the paper. Mm-hmm. I so suck at that. Uh, <laughs> but I listen much to talk radio, so I sort of get stuff in anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah. So current affairs sort of is mm-hmm. my my. Well, yeah. No, I've never been into current affairs, but I don't want to be. I've never, I don't understand the point of being so knowledgeable about it where it's making me angry and I'm like worried about things every day that I'm not in charge of. Okay. Yeah, I get that. On the other hand, you are in charge since you live in a democracy. Yeah, I understand that part of it with the vote. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that aspect of it. You could be right. You said that you just wanted to do comedy. When did you understand that? Um, I mean, I knew I just loved comedy since I was like five years old. So, um, but I just didn't know it was a job you could do. So, uh, it just took a long time in learning about open mics and stuff and, uh, that you could, and then just really having my son when I was like, Oh, I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I have to figure out what my career is going to be. And so I was like, I better, if I feel like, comedy is something that i'm feel like i'm called to do that i need to attempt it now or you know i'll always regret it you became a father at quite a young age yeah, 20 that's interesting because i wanted to talk to you about that i was sort of a i won't say that i was a mess up but i <laughs> sort of i didn't really have a plan mm-hmm. until i became a father and i heard the louis ck episode of wtf Mm-hmm. When he talked about him becoming a father, in he was like, "Well, I'm sort of successful, but now that I'm a father, I have to sort of make a plan because I've got to pay for college and shit." When I became a father, I was like, "Well, I have to be responsible enough to do something that I like during the day, so that I can be a happy person at home." Yeah, was it the same for you? Yeah, pretty much. It was uh, just knowing that I was going to have to be responsible enough to take care. Of someone who was fully reliant on me. And then also the same thing that I was going to have to do something that I could do every day and something that I was willing to start at the bottom of. And comedy was the only thing that I was willing to do that for. So I just looked up stand up uh, open mics and just really got into it and just hit the ground running as hard as I could. And it still, you know, still took nine years to yeah. really get any type of success. But I'm glad I made that decision. And your first gig was in Portland. Mm-hmm. How is Portland? It's fun. It's a beautiful place. There's a lot of people who love to read, and, and they're smart. So smart comedy is really uh, liked there. So it's it was a really good place for me to learn and to 
grow and be there without having to worry about people seeing my sets and seeing me bomb, you know? So it was really nice. It's a nice place. So you sort of moved there at the same time as you started comedy? No, I moved to, I moved there when I was 13 and oh, went okay. to high school in right. Oregon and then just ended up doing comedy there because that's where I was. In Sweden, we have the show Portlandia, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a hit here? Mm-hmm. Is it like that? Yeah, pretty much. So it's sort of a hipster mecca. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But were you a hipster growing up? Mm, probably. Probably. Maybe a little. Yeah, I'll say so. A little nerd reading Moyer and by his locker. Probably a little hipster. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say so. Sure. But when you started out, do you remember your first gig? First paid gig or just my first? My your, first? The first time you set your foot on a stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was at Harvey's Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. Their open mic that they had in a little side stage. Um, and I just remember that I did five minutes of jokes about man boobs and that it didn't go that well. But that I loved it and that it... Like gave me this high that I never had before, and that I like. I remember that I parked my car like right across the street, but like I I couldn't find it because I was just in such a daze that I just kept walking around the block, going like I don't know where it is, but I don't care. Uh, So it was just like it just was like oh, I found the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. So it was great. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Did you get any laughter at all? Yeah, definitely. Definitely had enough to make me want to keep doing it. You know, because that was my fear was that I was like, oh, this thing that I think I'm going to that I'm meant to do. What if I'm just horrible at it and I'm not meant to do it? And then I don't know what I want to do at all, ever. So I was just happy that I got enough laughs to keep me going. Yeah. How much material did you have at that point? Did you have five or? <laughs> no, I definitely. I probably had like three. <laughs> I had three minutes of jokes and two minutes of just dancing around. Uh <laughs> It was, yeah, no, not good. <laughs> Did you just write that bit for that special occasion? And then- Yeah, I did. I mean, I was just, because I didn't have anything that I was working off of. It was just like, oh, I'm going to come up with something, and then I'm going to write this whole bit around that, you know. And now I just kind of write about whatever is going on in my life and try to make those jokes so... It was really, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a pot joke, and I'm going to write a, this type of joke and that type of joke. And, you know, and now I'm just like, oh, I just, I'll just write this. I write jokes, and I hope it fits somewhere. Mm. So it's uh, been some changes. Yeah, but when I saw it, I sort of loved that you genuinely felt, it felt genuinely like you liked your own material. I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, you have to because you gotta you say it so many times and change it up a little bit and work on it so much. You have to. Why? That was one of the biggest things when I started because I knew a lot of comedy that was like, "Oh, I hate this and I hate this," and I was just like, "I don't want to talk about what I hate every every day. I want to talk about things that I love and yeah. things that I enjoy." And so that's why I enjoy my material. I'm just talking about the things I like. That you would have stuff that you hate feels strange to me. <laughs> That's true. I don't have that. I mean, we all have things we don't enjoy, but I don't have too many things that I'm just like, I've never really been that cranky of a person. Do you have enemies? Sure. Well, I'm sure I do have some people who don't like me, 
Uh-huh, uh, but I don't really think about them. I'm, so I don't I don't know. But I'm sure I do. I'm sure maybe my ex-wife, she doesn't seem to like me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. Okay, but you make it work. Yeah, of course. Does she live here in, in no, LA? No, she's still in Oregon. That's how we make it work. Oh, okay. But she's not near here. Uh-huh, all right. <laughs> and how old is your son? Like four, He's 12. Two, uh, 12. Yeah. Can he fly himself? Yeah. Uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, we usually uh, usually fly with him, but uh, he can. Yeah, cool. Have you gone overseas much? Uh, I just got back. I went, to, went spent two weeks. I was in Paris and Italy and then Amsterdam. How did you like it? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was fun. Did you do shows or just no, vacation? No, just vacation. Ah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Amsterdam was my favorite. Why is that? Uh, just very friendly, friendly people, very yeah. cute, uh, very it's relaxed. A s- really small town. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Did you get to go to coffee shops? Mm-hmm. How yeah. was the pot compared to here? Um, I was hoping that it would blow me away, but it was like it was very similar. Nothing that I could can't get here. No. But it was still it was a lot of fun, and it was a different atmosphere. I still feel here. Like, even when you can legally smoke, like, people are still kind of like, oh, that guy's a pothead, or, uh, the, or you know, they use it for an excuse if you're like, oh, you're five minutes late, you must have been smoking pot. And I feel like, I like it there that it's, like, just very relaxed and just nobody looks down upon you for doing that type of stuff. So for like the record, that. you were 15 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah. <laughs> But how did you like the food? I loved it there. It was great. It was really great food. Great produce, great cheeses and meats. I loved it. I had a great time. I want to go back. And Italy, not that impressed? or I liked it. It was really pretty. Um, Where? I, Where I were went you? to Florence in Venice. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, but it's just so touristy and yeah. small in Venice. I like Florence. Uh, it was fun. It was really good food. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I guess you sort of hit the peak of tourist season as well. Yeah, I'm guessing it's always like that in Venice. I think so. I've I never feel been. Like that's like oh, what it's all about. It's just about tourists there. Yeah. All right, but anyway, now you've been living here for three years. Your life has changed. A lot mm-hmm. over these three years. What would you say is the biggest difference? Um, probably just, I'm just not as afraid anymore that I'm gonna have to leave and, and that I'm not gonna be able to do comedy. That's been the biggest thing. Uh-huh. Is, is that getting you know a couple of jobs and stuff give me the confidence to be like, oh, I can push this as far as I, I want to try to push it. And uh, so I'm just trying to act more and more and uh, just. Do more acting classes and, and just really try to relax and have fun and just enjoy the whole journey of it instead of before it was about like oh I got to get on TV I have to get on TV so if I get on TV then they'll get, let me do shows on the road and then I won't be poor and I won't have to get another job but now it's just like oh we'll be okay we'll be relaxed let's just work on trying to be the best comedian that, that we can be and I, I like that feeling a lot better. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But I interviewed Todd Barry uh, perhaps a year back, and he told me that, I mean, for him, he's one of the most successful comedians in the US, right? He still does like seven gigs in New York a night. Mm -hmm. Is it the same for you, but here in LA? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that many. Mostly I have my son, and so he he would not like that. But it really just, I mean, it's just like I love doing comedy. So it's like, yeah, we try to, I try to get as much as possible, whether I'm working on the show or not. You know, if I'm working on the show, then I'll just go up at the comedy store at night or not that I'll go out on the road. I think it, it's really helpful and gives you more of a sense of security to know that I'm not reliant on a television show or something to make sure that I get paid. I have a skill that I can do, like I can do stand-up no matter what. I think that's that's nice. That's what we talk about, like the other stand-ups on the show, which is nice to know that like, oh, I can, even when we're on hiatus and stuff, I can still go make money on the road. I don't have to worry about whether the show is going to come back or not. And that's that's nice. That's relaxing. Yeah. Is the show in syndication? Not yet. Hopefully soon. Hopefully yeah. we'll make it. And that's sort of the, I just learned about syndication, actually, because that would make you sort of relax even more. Yeah, that would be the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you know, oh, there's money coming, because now it's just like, oh, there's money coming in now. Mm. But if you're in syndication, you'll be like, oh, there's going to be money always coming in. <laughs> and so that would be great. Is it really always? I mean, for a, not forever, but for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, fingers crossed. Hope, Thank you. Hope you make it. Me too. Would you say that LA has a good climate for comedians? Yeah. I think it's a great place to... I mean, it's not the easiest place because there's a lot of entertainment options. So people aren't as excited to see you as they would be in a small town. But I like that in a way. I like that having a place where like, people are kind of indifferent and I can just go about working on what i want to work on and uh just trying things out i like la for that i like san francisco uh seattle new york um, denver Denver, great yeah okay when you first came here did you know anyone here i uh, just a few friends i had a couple friends that moved here from oregon okay uh that were here uh so it was nice to have them here uh in comedy as well yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I had a few friends and then just friends that I had open for on the road or things like that that were really helpful to me, like uh, Nick Kroll and um, Moshe Kasher and uh, John Daly and, and just a lot of nice people who were really helpful when I first moved here. At what point did you get an agent and so forth? Um, I had like a manager before I left okay. I, I, from doing the Conan and, and doing Montreal. So it was just about doing a lot of auditions, and then when I got a first couple of gigs, uh, then I got a different agent. 
do you feel economically relaxed right now? No, because I, there's things I want to do. I want to get a house. I want to have a home for my son yeah, instead so of an apartment. So you're renting an apartment now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm not stressing, but I'm not relaxed. I'm very aware that I have a goal and that some, which is helping me not spend things, you know, frivolously. Uh, frivolously. There it is. There's that word. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, you know, right now just focus, trying to get as many gigs as I can and um, as many opportunities as I can and just trying to get better at comedy. Not really worried about money, but just also have goals. You don't spend money. I try not to. I mean, I don't try to be... Um, I don't try to be a miser. You know, I went on a vacation. And yeah, you did. Yeah. But that's, you know, I have like a Jetta and I have a little apartment and we don't really go out to eat that often. We don't really do things like that. But every now and then I'll go on a vacation mm. or things like that. But other than that, I'm just trying to save and uh, make which, sure that we always have Cheerios. Which part of the city do you live in? Um, I live like 20 minutes from here. I live okay. in uh, Hollywood, but on the east side. All right. This is a big question, but what's what's your biggest problem? <laughs> what's my biggest problem? Um, sometimes self-confidence, probably. Mm. Um, I don't think I can do things. Sometimes I feel like... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's my biggest issue. Isn't that sometimes I'm like, oh, how could I ever do this? How could I ever do that? But then I'm like, oh, you can do it. You have friends who've done it. You have people that you know that i mean not to put them down but you're like you're just as smart as this person you can do it um and sometimes i you know i i have to even with crowds like if i haven't done stand-up in a while like i need sometimes a hard crowd and, and then i'll be like no i'm good at comedy you were wrong i'm right and but until then i'm just like kind of meek about it you know mm. so sometimes i need to just be more uh focused and uh confident why do you lack in confidence? I just think that's that's not how I was raised. I wasn't, you know, some people, that's how they're taught, you know, to be like, hey, you're great. You're the best. And that's just, it's not how I was raised. And I didn't have that instilled in me. So I uh, just didn't have it. And I have to, it's been a battle to learn how, and that's, again, the thing with the money, to not make it be fake, but, but it is helpful when having some money to be like, oh, You're okay. You're good. You've accomplished things. Clearly, you have some money, so you have to at least have some confidence in your abilities. Um, so that's been helpful with that. And that people regard. want you on television. And, yeah. yeah. And it's not, yeah, yeah. And before it was just like, oh, I would be like, oh, why is there, they're going to figure out that I'm a phony and then they're going to not want me anymore. And then now, and I just think it's also, I wasn't in a good relationship and that was probably the feeling that I was getting at home. You say that you weren't raised to think that you could do stuff and you didn't have confidence at home. But as a parent, have you sort of broken that chain? Yeah, absolutely. I always, whenever my son's about to go to bed, I always try to do a little mantra for him. To be like, hey, you're cool, you're smart, <laughs> yeah. you're kind, you're awesome. I always know that. That's wonderful. You seem to be a mantra guy. I heard you I talk. I love mantras. Yeah. yeah. Do you have more mantras than <laughs> going on stage and your son? No, I just do that, and then I have my vision board that I keep above my bed. And you know what that is? Yeah, I do. But what's in there? 
uh, just a lot, of, uh, or a lot of things that I accomplished uh, this year. Uh, I had that I wanted to go to Amsterdam. Had that I wanted an undateable to get a season three. It did. Uh, I had that congratulations. That I, thank you. That I want to. Um, I want to create, write my own show, which I'm in the process of, of hopefully doing. Oh, that's great. And How far uh, have you come? Uh, I'm just still writing it, and I have a production company attached to it, but we haven't sold it or anything of that. All right. Yeah. What's that going to be? Uh, it's probably going to be about uh, a cartoon about wrestling, because I love wrestling so much. Uh-huh, all right. So it'll be about wrestling in the 1980s. All right. So it'll a be... cartoon? Mm-hmm. So animated? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not going to be the uh, Ron Funches show. Not yet. I'm not, I'm still working on Undateable, so I have to I have to pick and choose the things that I do. I can't do another like show like that yet. Oh, okay, all right. But would you like to do something like? Uh, yeah, I'd like that. Louis. Yeah, I mean, not you know, not necessarily Louis, but definitely something like that. Yeah, something about me and my son, perhaps. I would I would definitely like to do that. Would you like him to play in it, or would you have an actor to play him? Depends on his demands. How much money he wants. <laughs> If he's cheap, we'll let him play. <laughs> yeah, you said somewhere that you sometimes yell at yourself. Hmm. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. I mean, I don't really much lately. I don't. Not really yelling at myself. At myself. Uh, not really lately. Okay. I'm, feel, I'm feeling pretty confident and positive lately. Uh, yeah, and then kind of got rid of that because I feel like that didn't serve me well. That's good. Yeah. When do you feel vulnerable? <laughs> um, a lot of times, you know, there's just so many hours in a day. So sometimes I'm feeling really confident and excited. And then the next day I feel like I'm never going to uh, accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. I just try to stay even killed through all of it, though. But, I mean, every day. I feel a little bit like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> the vision board, is it a yearly thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you do one every... New Year's Eve, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. That's what I usually do every New Year's Eve. All right. And is there a, a little house in there? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has to stay f- until next year? Or? Maybe. <laughs> okay. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it works. I've never done one. Yeah, you just write down your, you know, and it's, you know, short-term goals, long-term goals. Just something that I can look at, you know, when I would get up in the morning and remind myself, you know, to move closer towards those goals. You know, I've been trying to lose weight, so I have that on there. And then it's it's helpful, like, for if I'm like, oh, do I want to go do something? I'm like, well, is that going to get me closer to my goals or not? You know, so it's it's really helpful. I like it. I like having using it. It's fantastic. You seem to be a very wise person. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> okay. Do you think that you're gonna be acting more in the future, or is it? I think so. Yeah. Because you are a comedian that are acting sometimes. Yes. And are you ever gonna be like an actor slash comedian, like fifty fifty, or? Um, I feel I can see that. I can see that just because of my son. Yeah, because he doesn't like me traveling that much, so I can see me doing more acting and doing comedy. Uh, Never less than fifty fifty. Fifty fifty is fine. Well, I would never stop doing stand up, but um, I love acting. I didn't, yeah. and I didn't know I would, but I, I love it a lot. But can I ask you? I mean, you have been very open about your son as well, and uh, him having autism. Is mm-hmm. that how you say it? Yes, sir. 
uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to call me sir you can call me Christopher <laughs> uh, no but I'm not sure that I know that much about autism mm -hmm. but will he be able to live by himself I don't know I don't know and that's what keeps me going yeah so um, I hope so I'd never give up that hope he's very independent um, but I don't know okay so uh, I just have to I have to work like he will always need help and just hope that that he won't okay does it go to a regular school yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah so it's a regular school but he goes to like a small class that has aids right i talked to margaret Cho about her outlook on the future mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to because she's been talking a lot about racism in her mm -hmm. comedy and of lgbt uh, mm -hmm. rights and so forth and I'm thinking, do you think you're going to live to see an America without racism? No, of course not. I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it's something that will happen. It's really getting better. And and then it's fun to see. Cause I, uh, you know, even like the reaction to like where there's people who are being getting murdered in cop custody yeah. and things of that nature but that's the thing that's happened for a long long time you know and but people didn't really know about it and get upset about it until so, people started filming it yeah. with their cell phones yeah and so, we had the ferguson uh, anniversary no you don't yeah, say recently yeah. yeah like two days ago or something yeah so it's, that's nice to see that change i feel like that sometimes people can look at that as a negative but i think that's a positive that people are, are getting so upset by those things and instead of turning a blind eye to you know to them, um, because it wasn't that long ago where uh, like lynching was a public affair here, yeah. you know that was a town sport. Mm. So to go from that into like you know that was like you know thirties and forties and twenty, and that's that's not that long ago, you know. And to now where people are upset when they see that that's that's a great progress to me um so will it ever end i don't i don't see that as long as people are as long as the people are separate in ways you'll always be like oh you know because as long as there's areas where like i only grew up around black people or only grew up around white people there'll always be people who are scared by something different mm. uh but i think it just gets better and better and and the internet and, and I mean the fact that me, you and I are sitting here and you live you know in the whole different side of the world and but because of the internet you you know we're chatting together so I feel like things are headed towards a beautiful area. I have to say though that we are in the same room. If someone thinks that we aren't, <laughs> we are very much in the same. Yeah. Room. <laughs> well, you took a long flight to get here. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, maybe in 200 years, if man is still around, I would hope that there aren't any races anymore. We would it definitely all seems to be an old people thing. It's not, there's not, I mean, there are new young races, but it definitely seems more of an old person thing. Yeah. So hopefully the further we go, there'll be less and less racist people. But you don't think that you're going to live to see that day? Probably not, but who knows? Carl Sagan thought he'd live to see marijuana be legal, and he didn't. Yeah. So. We talked earlier about hatred and being angry and so forth. As I base my feelings about you on your public persona, 
it feels sort of strange that you would be angry at times. Yeah, I but know. does it happen? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm a regular person. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I get angry sometimes for sure. I get frustrated usually when people aren't being mean. I don't like it. Oh, this is my super interesting follow-up question. Okay. Uh, uh, when did you experience racism last uh, time? Last the last time I was in Italy. Um, when I was going, for, I went for a jog, and um, I was coming back to my hotel, and I had my headphones on, and um, probably looking sweaty and not looking to all put together. And so I try to go up to my room to get dressed, and the uh, the door guy stops me, and he's like, "Hey, can I help you?" And I just, you know, have my headphones on, and I'm just like, "No, no, I'm fine." And then he like blocks me and is like can i help you and i was just like oh you don't think that i stay here and then i was like and i just shoot him off and i was like no like i'm fine i'm going to my room and um so it's just you know little things like that it's been a long time since it's been like someone stopped me from doing anything but there's always like different door guys or different things where you're just always like oh you're always there to remind me that you don't think I belong here. Mm. And that's annoying, but that's not the biggest deal in the world. So, Have you been discussing the token black guy aspect of yeah. your uh, undateable uh, um, not character? Not particularly. I don't think so. Just because I don't really... I don't ever really look at it like that. I mean, there's like six main people. Like, Unless it's like a black show, there's not usually going to be like three black people and three white people or three two blacks two mexicans two whites it's like it's just kind of how they cast those shows yeah so it's uh i wish it was a little bit different but i've never i'm like oh i'm the black guy who's representing black people on the show i'm like i'm just doing me i'm being me yeah it says on your indb page that Mm -hmm. you have some stuff coming up okay can you talk about that sure I think I'm in a movie called Killing Hasselhoff. Uh, You're not sure? I'm not sure because my scenes are very much tied to Hulk Hogan and they might cut him out the movie. Uh-huh. And if they cut him out the movie, they might cut me out the movie. Oh. So. <laughs> All right. I'm not being that. We'll see. Um, and then I did a small part in a film called Going Under with Bruce Willis. How was that? It was really fun. He was very nice. And I got to be a transsexual prostitute and shave a lot of things that I'd never shaved before. Oh, wow. So it was fun. It was a fun experience. Yeah. Someone told me, did you get to shave your legs? Mm -hmm. Someone told me that when you have shaved your legs and put on pants, it's like the most wonderful feeling ever. It is a great feeling. It is. All right. It is a great feeling. It's surprisingly how good shaved legs can feel just walking around. I recommend it. (laughs) Just try it out. Has it become a habit for you? No, just because it was too much of an effort. That's Mm. what I don't get, ladies. All that effort. Yeah. Uh, But if it was easier, I'd probably keep doing it. Yeah, you can wax them. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, I I guess it is. But people that are into bicycling, they seem to sort of shave shave their legs. Swimmers. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what you have coming up. And uh, how about the new season of Undateable? Yeah. Uh, have you shot it? No, because it's going to be all live. So we're not going to... It's going to be ah. airing live, shooting live, everything's mm. live. So uh, October 9th, Fridays at 8, 
will be our new season. Okay, so how does that work then? When do you start sort of... Uh, we'll start um, doing like, we'll just start rehearsing the week before. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll shoot it that day and we'll just keep going. You rehearse for a week and then you shoot it and then you go home and then it just starts again. Exactly. Okay, that sounds intense. It's gonna be intense. Yeah. Which is why I took a vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, can uh, undateable fans expect something new? Um, I just think you're gonna. Exp- yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it a, a lot of more musical guests. It's gonna be a little bit different. There's gonna be a lot of fun social media things to it. It's gonna be a weird show. Mm. It's gonna be weird and fun, which is what we like to do. So, uh, just look forward to that. Cool. Would you like to recommend something? Sure. What? Whatever. Uh, while you're here in L.A.? Well, to the listeners. Oh, to the listeners. Um, just recommend that they just, you know, just love themselves, enjoy themselves, not be too hard on themselves just when you make a mistake or two. Because I feel like that's what happens, you know, because I know I do I make a mistake and I'm like, ah, and then I pile it on. And then the next thing I know, I'm drinking a whole six pack of soda or something. And you just go like, hey, sometimes you make mistakes. Relax. I'm still a great person. You're great. And just love yourself. And then you'll find someone else that also love you. And then just really just go out and try to do the things that you really enjoy. That's it. Thank you. That's wonderful. How do you get to love yourself more? Uh, I think by being forgiving of yourself and relaxing of yourself and just being like, everybody makes mistakes. And I think that's when you love love yourself more, when you're not so critical of yourself. We've been sort of touching base with it, but what would you like to do more in the future? What, there is a house, there is a, yeah, a, a I show. I want to get a house. I want to get a house that my, and that my friends can come hang out with and that my son has a nice room. And maybe my girlfriend lives there, too. She can. She's nice. And I just want to get better at acting. I want to do like a, be able to do some lead roles in some things. And then I just want to do like a comedy special. And that's, that would be great. And then, and then I'll reassess from there. I'm sure that you will accomplish all of those things, as long as you have them on your vision board. <laughs> Thank you. Who do you think I should interview Mm, who should you interview? Who would be fun? Do you know Rory Scovel? No. He's a fun guy. You might want to interview him. He's a new dad and he's very funny. Oh, I think he was in Sarah Silverman in the same show as you. I think so. So, thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, now I'm just going to take a few pictures and then you'll be out of here. <laughs> okay. So, good people of the world, that was Ron Funches. If you want to know more about him, you'll find him on Twitter as well as Instagram. His name is Ron Funches there. Currently, he's starring in the NBC sitcom Powerless, which premiered in February 2017. And you can reach me at VarvetPod on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm not sure I'm super active there, but anyway... And editors for this show was in 2015 Lovisa Olsson and in 2017 Thomas Kulshage. That's all for this time, but you never know when a new episode of Varvet International might come out. So keep subscribing, please. This is Christoph Triumph saying bye-bye for now. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.